Forget your former managers, ignore the ex-pros. As football fans, we all know the real experts drink in pubs. It's funny, it's argumentative, and often it's just plain wrong. Welcome to the Foss Arms Public House and welcome to the Leicester City Pubcast. everyone, welcome to the award-winning Leicester City podcast, home of the FA Cup holders, Leicester City, of course. And I'm back this week, Tim, and I've got my two good friends with me. Norm, good evening. Good evening, Tim. Welcome back. Thank you. And Killer, thank you for, for holding the hot seat so well. And Killer, good evening. Good evening, Tim. I've just been having a look, and over, over the last couple of weeks, there's a fourfold increase in, in listening figures. Have you got any idea what... I'm trying to put two and two together. <laughs> well, not just that, but I've actually got an email from Trotwell's IPA doubling doubling the predictor's table sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no idea what sort of coincidence could, could be going on uh, whatsoever. But um, as K- Killer, you, you uh, rather rudely alluded to my holidaying um, tastes in last week's broadcast, which I listened to when I was not on a saga holiday in Benidorm, just just for the record. So I thought I'll put it to you both. Where was I? So not 24 hours ago, you two, as well-known football fans, should understand exactly where I was 24 hours ago uh, tonight, if I tell you I was in the Pulgian. Ooh. That's that's offered no clue at all, and the very fact that Norm's not sucking air through his teeth. Well, somewhere in Croatia. Very good, Norm. Oh, then I'll, I'm going to increase Lograd. that. I, I was at the Adriatic Derby. Oh, so that's got to be Zagreb against Wrong Bristol one, Rovers. <laughs> Wrong one. <laughs> so there's the other the other big team. So Hadjuk split against Rayeka. Ah. And uh, yeah, Hadrick split 2-0 down in the first half, went in 2-0 down, Nick won back, and then it was at the absolute Alamo for the second half, 15 minutes ago, it looked certainly we're going to get another one. Their fans then did that very Eastern European crack football club, as they're called, thing they do, where they throw on flares, and the best part of it was you couldn't see a, a thing, smoke everywhere. They had pre-arranged firefighters to come on and put it out while they took the uh, the players off the pitch. So it was all a very good spectacle, I must say. Yeah, forget forget about the Norwich review, listeners. This is this is far more relevant to the Leicester City podcast, isn't it? <laughs> so, so from now on, I'll be keeping keeping an eye on Leicester, but I I am now a Hadjuk split torcida <laughs> through and through, and I'll be updating you throughout the season on my on my new first team. But you, you're quite right, Keller, to to pull us back to the to the present day. And uh, Norm, tell us about Norwich, and uh, and we're getting the points, but that's probably about it, isn't it? I would say so. I'm just sitting here imagining you there in that in that crowd while they're thro- throwing flares, and I'm picturing you there with your sparklers, like you're on a <laughs> like you're a Guy Fawkes night or something. But not doing anything other than being dangerous at all. But yes, not not knowledge. Oh goodness, goodness me! I mean, three games now that we really, really haven't looked that good, uh, and it. It, it keeps being familiar problems. I mean, again on Saturday, 
what is Soyuncu doing at the moment? He's just making some really, really basic mistakes. And it's giving little confidence to me as a fan. And I'm sure the team, like with regards to how how our defence can cope. I mean, luckily, Amati, I think, had his, probably his best game for quite a while for us. But, you know, moving up, up the field, midfield looks sloppy again. Madison, he's... It's like he's still injured, um, bereft of ideas, and Vardy just trying to live off scraps up up front and Barnes struggling. So, having said that, look, you know, Pereira, great, great assist again, um, and a wonderful finish from Vardy. I mean, I think Vardy's finishing is getting better and better the older he's getting. But how unlucky are we that, you know, another assist for Vardy from Ricardo? Pereira and he's got himself injured. Um, I, I I simply cannot believe how our looks going on that injury front at the moment. It's 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 really 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 worrying. Um, but I think Norwich probably got what they deserved in the end. Soft penalty by Cern Chairman. Simply no need to dive in. Simply no need to dive in to at that at that that position and. You know, no surprise, Pookie slots it away, and I, th- I think at half time that was that was about right. I, I thought, I thought second half we were a bit better. Um, Madison really, really should have should have scored, but frankly, that's just summed up his performances of uh, late. But fortunately, we got rescued from All Brighton, but this wouldn't, of course, have happened if Perez had been in the side. So the sending off last week has certainly helped us um, because Albrighton obviously bagged the winner, but also a fortuitous, I would say, but correct offside decision as well. I mean, you would have been a bit annoyed if, as a Leicester fan if that was us having a goal chalked off for, frankly, an offside that Schmeichel would never have got near to that header, which is, again, another worrying point. It's a corner they've scored from a header, no one anywhere near him. This, this zonal marking simply does not work for us. Um, and I keep saying it needs to be addressed. Um, but three games in, three not great performances, but we've got six points. That's, you know, winning when you're not playing well. It's a sign of a decent side. And currently, this is the best news, we're on target for 76 points. So that <laughs> should comfortably see us into the Champions League places. So I thought I'd finish on a positive. <laughs> as ever norm like that now killer norm uh, in last week's show and i did listen to to both of your shows over the past two weeks thought they were absolutely outstanding and last week norm used the immortal words imagine all brighton playing instead of perez mm. up he pops killer there's a winning goal yeah absolutely and great news for mark Albrighton. i scratch my head as to why mark Albrighton doesn't get more game time I think a lot of Leicester City fans do, especially given the fact that Perez is so clearly the weak link. But 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 even taking Perez out of the equation, very seldom do you ever see Mark Albrighton perform less than a sort of a six or a seven. And he's one of these guys, one of these footballers as well, that even when he's not having a great game on the ball, he just gives you that 
that huge flood of energy and, and vigour and enthusiasm that we don't always get from Leicester City teams, do we? We've often said in the past that when, when this Leicester City team buckles, as it did, for instance, against West Ham, it buckles spectacularly. And I think he's one of the few players in the team or a few players in the squad that can actually sort of start to, you, you know, can almost change the flow of and dynamic of a football match. So, look, I don't want to see Perez play. And that's a horrible thing to say because I don't want to be overly critical to, about Brendan because he's an outstanding manager. I think the three of us are in agreement. I don't think he's good enough. I was thrilled to see Albrighton come in and obviously even more thrilled to see him score. By the way, not just the winning goal, but what a strike. Great goal as well, wasn't it, guys? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just sorry to cut into him. I think what I'd also say about Albrighton, I think I think you're spot on killer there. He, he, he's always at least at least a six. So even if he's not playing well, he's he's there or thereabouts. But I, I don't know about you. I, 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 I'll come to you with this one, Tim. I think he gives the team a bit more balance. Mm. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I've always loved him. It, it, when, when, you know, when we come... 10, 15 years time to do who do we need a statue of is it you know is it Ranieri is it Vardy you know is it Schmeichel all Brighton's got to be somewhere in the middle of that statue I think he's absolutely one of my favourite players of all time never lets us down we're in the same I mean, you know I listened to you guys last week and I was itching to get in there just to, to join to join in with the 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 clear it's so clear and obvious that Perez is, is not up to it. And we've got a player in Mark Albrighton who I, I would say, as one of his biggest fans, is past his best. I, th I think we have to accept that. But I think we would still, all three of us, say he's way ahead of Perez in the pecking order. And I just cannot get my head round what Brendan can't see or what Brendan is seeing that we're not. I mean, if I, if I summarise, I, I, um, I lifted a, a quote from, from YouTube yesterday of um, so Leicester fans commenting on, on uh, the Norwich match. And there's a guy calling himself Nick the Fox. And he, he said, We held on for dear life against Wolves. We were disastrous against West Ham. And we're struggling to beat Cannon Fodder today, which was obviously not Norwich. Is that a fair comment? Um, look, are we honestly going to get that downbeat about three games in? Sorry, four games. We've got the Community Shield already in the locker and we've got six points. I mean, I do think as Leicester fans, we do lose a little bit of perspective here, don't we? We, yeah. we, play, we play brilliantly first half against Wolves. Let's not forget that. Second half, they came out. It was the first game of the season. There was probably a little bit of fatigue. They came out. Probably should have probably should have got a point and didn't. The West Ham game, we were down to 10 men for most of the games. And West Ham have had one of those nights, and anybody can do it in the Premier League. They were absolutely rampant. They couldn't turn it, they couldn't do that, by the way, against against Crystal Palace on Saturday. So that just goes to prove that they had one of those hot nights. It was this time last year, folks, that we were scoring five against Manchester City. Yeah. Okay, well so said. so you get hot nights, don't you? They had a hot night and they absolutely battered us. And we've gone to Norwich. People start talking to about Norwich as cannon fodder and stuff. Don't write them off too early. It's it's way too early to write Norwich off. And people have got in worse situations than Norwich. At the end of the day, they've played Liverpool, 
They played Man City and they played us. What an horrific start to the season that they've had. So for us to turn around and, and for anybody to turn around and go, oh, we only beat them 2-1. Come on. Know your football. This is the Premier League. We've won an away game. We're three games in. We've got six points. We've got a massive injury list. Thankfully, now we've got an international break to take stock of things. This club is in great shape and will bounce back. Is that glossing over it a bit, Norm? Though I mean, you know, I I, I think I take I take some of what Killer said, but we work. If it wasn't for the basted turkey, we'd have lost that Wolves game two one, wouldn't we? Um, yeah. You've you've then got you know I, I I disagree with Killer. I think I think Norwich will finish bottom. I thought I thought that at the start of the season, and and I, and I still think they will. I take your point, Killer, on um, on them playing Man City and Liverpool. But, but I don't, you know, you cannot, they, they sell the play. They, they've got a West Brom type of model. I've got a bit of a theory, Norm, and I'd be interested to see what you, you think about this. The players we've signed, which, which I think, I'm, I'm thinking of the two really, in Dakar and, and Samare. I think we both are, I think we're all quite excited about. But is it fair to say, you've already flagged up Madison, perhaps underperforming a bit again, Norm. We've all talked about Paris. These players, we haven't signed anyone this summer that's really going to challenge for a first-team place. Is, is that fair? Well, I think Samari and Daka probably will challenge for a first-team place, but we do know Brendan is certainly very much one of these managers that tends to, to, to take a little bit of persuading to change things in, unless his hand's forced. But when things go well, then he sticks with it. So if Daka comes in and scores a couple of goals, he'll find himself um, in the side. And, and also with the Europa league coming up in various competitions what we're doing i think is building a squad that means when we do replace people we're not we're not weakening the team too much i mean i i would like to see samari play but having said having said that you know you, you wouldn't want um you know telemans to be out of the out of the side or in or indeed he's very i think there'll be a way of playing that will incorporate him and and maybe maybe that will be when we play Man City. Who who, who knows? Maybe we'll, we'll have to see. But um, you you mentioned glossing over issues. I don't. I'm I'm more with Killer. I think that I think that we've 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 got six points out of nine. I'm not saying that Norwich aren't going to finish bottom, but we mustn't mustn't write teams off. And any away victory is 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 good. I mean, the last time Norwich were in the division and they. I, well, they certainly went down. I, can't, I think they probably did finish bottom. You know, they did a double over us. You know, we could ultimately yeah. say that losing to Norwich that in those two games cost us Champions League football. But, you know, any team on their day can beat any team. And the West Ham point was also spot on, absolutely spot on as well. They they did a job on us like they often do and then drew to all with Palace. So, you know what? I, I don't think there's anything, any major issues there. I just think we're just not quite, we're just not quite clicked into gear yet. So just, just you know. one thing I would like to say, just to kind of balance it up a little bit: Manchester United, zero injuries. They've literally got everybody available. They spanked Leeds first game of the season. Since then, they stuttered against Southampton. And I watched the full game against Wolves yesterday, where they were absolutely dreadful and should have lost that football match. Nobody's complaining. They've got seven points. Nobody's complaining. There's no big panic there. There shouldn't be a big panic down here either. Fair enough. I'm slightly more worried than you two, but I'm certainly not in the full panic station. The situation, as you mentioned, Norm, with our defenders particularly, is absolutely ridiculous, the amount of injuries. So 
surely that can't continue. Just a few bits and bubs around transfers going. A couple that I continue to continue my slight negativity to balance norms. Uh, Norm's outstanding positivity and killer. You can meet us somewhere in the middle, maybe by commenting on Pratt. Pratt Dennis Pratt uh, heading off to Torino. That that looks pretty much a done deal. I feel a bit sad about, uh, and that looks like thirteen million deal with it with it a year a year's loan ahead of a thirteen million deal. And then potentially coming in Adam Adamola Lookman, and and I just don't feel excited about that. Well, look, Dennis Pratt, I'm sorry, I'm just one of these people that I never saw it. I've never, re- I've seen it in flashes from him. I've not seen it consistently. As far as I'm concerned, he was a player to show the door. And unfortunately, we, are, we have got a fantastic recruitment at Leicester City. But as with any football club, we do get a few duffers. And I'm afraid he's going to have to be put into that box along with Adrian Silva and, and Ebora, who have come in here with kind of like a, a reputation of sorts, and it's not quite worked out. So whilst I think he's a good guy, I just don't, as far as I'm concerned, it's not a great loss. But you're right about Luckman. What worries me about Luckman is nobody's ever fallen in love with Luckman, have they? It doesn't make any difference where he goes. It seems at the end of that season, that club's very happy to send him out somewhere else. But as I exchanged the text message with a good mate of mine today, who knows? He's only 23, believe it or not. He's mm-hmm. clearly pretty skillful. He will come under the excellent tutorship of Brendan Rogers. He'll come into a good squad where he'll meet determined individuals like Cashless Michael, who I su- suspect will very quickly be on his case if he's not putting it in. Who, who knows? Maybe he is one of these players, a little bit like perhaps Damari Gray, for instance, who no. looks like he's caught fire at Everton, doesn't he? <laughs> All of a sudden, he's, he's, he's putting in displays at Everton. We're left thinking, well, you never did that down here. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe we Everton fans will be saying that about Luckman when um, all of a sudden he's uh, he's presenting himself with a couple of goal of the month contenders for Leicester City. Well, Norm, let's see if you can put a positive spin on this. Fulham, thirty-four appearances last season, four assists and four goals. Season before that at Leipzig, he's still a Leipzig player. Eleven matches only he played, and in the uh, two seasons before that, he only played eleven matches for them as well. Nothing at all, no assists, no goals. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I- I'm struggling to be excited. Although he did score a cracking goal when Fulham beat us two one at King Power last season, so I suppose if we look, if he can do that for us, then we won't be too disappointed. And um, the other thing that concerns me a little bit is um, reading about him. It appears that he's a left winger. And I, I'm yeah. kind of thinking it's a right winger we need. Um, I mean, I, I'm actually a little more hopeful that, although I do believe it's paper talk, and myself and Killer tend to be seem to be quite seem to be quite good at spotting the paper the paper talk <laughs> rather than the, the the true transfers. And that's David Neres from Ajax. And although he's had a weak couple of seasons, or certainly not as good, but you know that that Ajax team that got through to the Champions League semi-final. He was a real star in that 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 season. And if if we got someone like him, then I think that someone like Brendan could maybe make a make a difference. And he is a right winger, and he does look um, from what I've seen of him, he does look like he would be a good signing. But I do think that's a bit more unlikely, and it does seem like we're much further down the road with the, this this Lookman. Uh, 
deal from Leipzig, which isn't, yeah, it doesn't feel, feel me. Replacing Riyad, Riyad Mahrez in truth, though, gents, is it's turning into be, yeah, and, it, and it, but it's not even, it, it's it's gone beyond that. We, we knew it was impossible anyway, but it's actually proving to be a huge challenge, isn't it? I mean, we've had Rashid Gazelle, who obviously is rubbish. You know, we, we had Dear Barty. I know he wasn't bought for a great deal of money. Um, uh, and, and we just instantly showed that he wasn't up to it. And then, of course, this time last year, we were sort of getting vaguely upbeat about one Genghis under until Tim found exposed the fact that he's on 90 grand a week, at which point we all realised that it was an horrific signing. We wanted to send him straight back to, to Italy. So... Filling this, filling this winger role is turning into be a real challenge, isn't it? Maybe, maybe stick with Mark Albright. How does that sound? Yeah, good yeah. idea. How much <laughs> is it? Here, here's, one for, here's one for you guys. Who does Chengiz under play for now? Oh, don't tell me. He's he on play, loan he, doesn't, he doesn't play in Croatia, does he, by any chance? He, he doesn't play in Croatia. I'm not, I'm not sure he's up to the standard of the Croatian Superliga. <laughs> Well, oh, I, I tell you, I tell you why you, you don't know, right? No, no, absolutely right. no idea. What, did you see the big fight between Nice and Marseille yeah. about ten days ago? Yeah. Guess who was in the middle of that? What was actually in the crowd? He's in the Marseille team. <laughs> I thought you meant he was watching the game. Yeah. Well, I, I, to be fair, throwing flares. That is standard. He, he, was, he was watching the fight, much as I was like watching those flares that, from that far away as well. He wasn't getting too involved. But well, yeah, sounds a bit like he's at Marseille. He's at Marseille yeah. now, so Destined to be a journeyman footballer with absolutely an horrific statistical record by the time he's finished. I think that's right. Now, Norm, you mentioned the Champions League, which, of course, we just failed to qualify, failed to qualify for if it wasn't for Harvey Barnes' injury. But, Killer, we are in the Europa League. The draw has been made. What do you think about it? Well, perhaps not one for the passive peace-loving Leicester City fan, is it? <laughs> and um, I mean, three what you best described as spicy, spicy venues. And just to throw in the League Cup draw, Millwall away. Um, <laughs> probably a better night, I would imagine, for the police <laughs> overtime committee than, um, than your average Leicester City fan. So, look, I mean, all I would say is, I suppose, from a sort of a a standpoint of watching football is we are playing three recognised teams. And that's not always the case, is it, with the Euro draw? I mean, a lot of the time you have to look at where these, these teams have come from. But anyway, just a little bit of quick research, Foxes fans, on on the three teams. Just a little bit of background. I'll start, obviously, with the once Italian giants. And name of the stadium, Norm. Oh. And I'm going to give you a clue named after their favourite footballing son. Oh, so it must be the Maradona Stadium. It's the Diego Armando Maradona Stadium, which obviously just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> so uh, that's where they play. Capacity 54,000. Fifth last season. Started off well this season, but only two in. Two, two games in, two wins. Uh, last 32 of the Euro League last season. And their manager is a gentleman going by the name of Luciano Spalletti. And I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark and say he's probably a native Italian. But you don't, <laughs> don't, don't know for sure. OK, so, th so that's the Italians. And we, and we know all about them. There's no doubt about there's no doubt about it. I would imagine down here they are going to bring two or three thousand, even even 
to get COVID, I would imagine just sort of local Italians, and they will be pretty passionate, as indeed will Legia Warsaw, of course, because Leicester sports are a large Polish Polish community, and they are the most successful team in Polish history, 15 league titles. And Norm, you to once again guess the name of their stadium, safe in the knowledge that you'll never, ever, ever get it. Um... <laughs> in which case, the Walker's Crisp Bowl. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I've posed questions like that to you previously, Norm, and suddenly you've turned around and gone, oh, oh, hang on. Is it the Marshall Joseph Politsky Municipal Stadium? <laughs> oh, that's the one. <laughs> which, and what was absolutely hilarious, laughed out loud as I was doing the research today, it sports a capacity of 31,800. You'll love this, Tim. Brackets less when the fans are seated. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't, that, isn't that wonderful? Why don't Why don't you just give the capacity of how many seats you've got then? <laughs> and say more when people break in. Absolutely, I just I just love it. Slightly different start to the season. They're currently fourteenth, but they've only played four games, whereby most of the other teams have, have played six. And Tim, question for you. There is an ex-Leicester City player playing for them. Do you know who it oh, is? Let... Oh, um, the winger. The yeah. British winger. Um, but it began with B. Uh, but... No, no. No. His first name did, but he's still saying Yeah, bo- bo- yeah bo- Bortas. Barkosh. No. Barkosh. Oh. oh, no. Ka- he did Kapuska. It. Yes. Bartosz Kapuska. That's right. Yeah, he was an absolute failure. It was, I think, Claudio Ranieri turned around, looked at him and went, I will pick him for the squad when I think he's up to standard. Brackets, he never got up to standard. <laughs> but um, anyway, they comfortably won the Polish League last season, but unfortunately for them, failed to qualify for the Champions League through the qualification stages. And finally, on to Spartak Moscow, who are Russia's most successful club side. Mm. And... Uh, Norm, once again, any chance of you guessing guessing the name of their home ground? And I'll give you I'll give you a clue. You won't get it. <laughs> the, no, no, the Lenin Stadium. I'll kill, give you a killer, killer, killer. Is it the Octic Octicity Bank Arena by any chance? Fantastic, absolutely fabulous, Tim. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted you to come to with me with that one. Oh really? I, I, yeah, I and of course, the only reason Tim away, knows that. Googling away while you're tormenting. Oh really? The only reason Tim knows that, of course, is because his offshore bank accounts are uh, are in <laughs> yeah. their name, which I quite like. I specialise in Eastern European football. <laughs> All right then, Tim. I'll stick with you. What is their average home attendance last season? Ooh. Uh... And it doesn't look like it was affected by COVID, by the way. In case you turn around and go zero. Thirty-six thousand. Norm. Um, Most successful Russian club side in history. I'm going to say that they're, well, they're, they, their average attendance is probably zero because of COVID. Well, no, I, I said that I'm excluding that. They're oh, the, sorry, apologies. Uh, um, 25,000. 9,000? What? Which does sound a bit like us under David Pleat, doesn't it? Anyway, finished second last year in the in the domestic league and their, their staff forward is somebody called Jordan Larson, and he is predictably from Sweden, currently 10th in their league after six games. So again, as with um, the, the the Polish the Polish team, not had a great start for the season, but 
just taking a slightly holistic view, you'd have to say, gents, I think that's going to be a tough group. Mm, oh. Yeah, it could. Be. I, I looked at the other groups, Killer, that um, the British teams had got. And I, d I did think we got the short straw, not least with the um, journey times. Given the injuries we've yeah. had, apparently yeah, exactly. that isn't good for them. It's, it's not... Napoli will be tough, won't it? They're not quite what they were, but it will be tough. And then the other two are blooming long trips. What do we want, by the way, from this Euro League last season? Because it kind of got to the point where, if you remember, we got through the league stages, we got to the qualification stages, we were still in the FA Cup, and we probably all agreed that something needed to go. So what's our expectation with this this season? Yeah, you know, you know what, Killer? I, I, I think that is a very good question. For me, I, I'm I've got my traditional level of disinterest at the group stage. Because I, I think I think despite the fact that it, it looks a tougher group than last year, I think we'll be fine. Um, you know, Premier League teams surely have to get get out of a group like that. But you make a good point. We we, we have won the FA Cup now. I'd really like us to have a proper good go at this 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 year. Because I think yeah, if you look at um, if you look at the Premier League. I think, you know, you've got the big five. Could Spurs break into the big five this year? Possibly. Arsenal certainly are not going to. But if not, we'll, we'll be where we'll be. We probably won't win the FA Cup again. And that, that really does leave this, for me, as potentially a big priority. OK, but let me just challenge you thinking for a second, though, Tim. As FA Cup winners, will we need and demand to go all out to defend that trophy? Yeah, we will. It's it's just, you know... if. You, I don't want to win the FA Cup twice in two years. Could you? Could you imagine? But uh, you know, it's, it's it's not likely. And I and I just think that yeah, if we're going to be in this competition, we're we're going to have the pain of these these group stage transits and getting through all of that. I I, I haven't looked at the odds actually for this year yet, but I, I'd be amazed if we're not in the top three or four favourites. Obviously, that's prior to the Champions League teams dropping out. But it, it just feels to me it's, it's almost the next stage, isn't it? for us yeah thanks okay okay so look final question sorry i don't want to be taken over but i'm just interested final final question then and i'm going to pose it to both of you situation a retain the fa cup in front of a full packed house at wembley okay and and all the all of the razzmatazz that goes with it with the open top parade afterwards and all the stuff we missed out with covid and stuff or b win the europa league you go first norm uh, we win the europa league it's, there's there's no doubt about it. We, we we've not ever won a European trophy. We've won the FA Cup, and it's and more in, in some ways more importantly that would be our route to the Champions League. And you you know yeah, what, Killer? I, I, yeah. A year ago, I did, never thought I'd hear myself saying this. I totally agree with Norm. Go and win a European trophy now. Yeah, well, that's three out, three out of three. And let's be honest, it would be. I don't know where the final is. Maybe we need, we need to find out and start booking tickets and hotels now. But um, but yeah, you're quite right. It would be it would be once again a little bit like the Community Shield and the FA Cup. It will be a string to the bow that we didn't probably ever think was going to happen. So good stuff, guys. Well, best of luck for, to Leicester City in the Europa League. Good stuff. And um, we've been thinking about players that we've got in the in the club past and present and considering who we might like to invite over for a dinner party and uh, <laughs> we were given the challenge of having three players over each um norm i think you're gonna kick us off with your three yeah well um my uh, the, the the first one is uh i would like to invite to my uh, dinner party is and don't be too too shocked is uh 
Dennis Wise. <laughs> I, no. I am shocked. Are you hoping to get your chin filled in then, are you? Well, this is one of the reasons. There's a, there's a couple of... Well, one of my other guests I'm hoping would deal with him for me. So... Um... <laughs> oh, you're creating a brawl at your house. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, one, one of the reasons that I... I, I would have him is, is is kind of linked to that is I would like to know why he felt it was okay to break one of our players' jaws and all allegedly um and also start suing the club for money when we're in dire straits. That's something that's always really annoyed me. I, I don't like players going to clubs for money. Um and I didn't have anything against Dennis Wise until I heard that these things allegedly happened. And that's always left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. So I'd like to chat to him about that. But on a more positive note, actually, from his point of view, I think hearing about the um, the crazy gang and what went on there would be, would be worthwhile sit, sitting down and serving him some of my poor fare. So that that's why I'd go for Dennis Wise. Is that poor or poisoned? Poor. Oh, I, I certainly, I certainly wouldn't do anything. Well, not deliberately, anyway. I mean, some people may, might argue that, that I probably have done that to them in the past with my with my culinary uh, talents. But no, no, just uh, just poor fare. So yeah, he'd, he'd be my first one. Um, I, I I alluded to then that I would invite another person to deal with him, and arguably Leicester's greatest ever player, Jamie Vardy. Um, I, I, I just, he's, he's not just one of Leicester's greatest stories. He's one of football's greatest stories. And, and to hear how he's done it from, you know, playing with the, the tag around his ankle to opening his England account away at Germany and the Premier League 11 game winning streak. I, I, I think listening to him would be, it'd just be an absolute, treat and i'd i'd love love to have him there to talk about everything he's done and then of course you know um if y started chatting then he could <laughs> bang him as uh as, as we all know like vardy's little mantra so yeah i i, I think he'd be, it'd be a really really interesting to have someone like vardy sat around the um sat around the table and and I kind of felt I wanted a at least one new you know current current player there um and my third one is I'd go for the birch Alan Birch and Mr Lester just it, it, do you really need to invite anyone else to dinner other than him who surely knows pretty much everything about so many of our players since he's you know, he's, he's been an absolute club legend and will have all the inside track on all the goings on, good and bad, you know, the the, the sadnesses of with um, uh, the chair, I like the, the chairman, and but the delights of, for him seeing us do all the things we've done recently from something he, like any other fan, would never have believed we could have done. So they're my three. Dennis Wise, Jamie Vardy and uh, Alan Birchinal. Nicely put, Noam. My three are all current players, either because I really wanted to invite these players over for dinner or because I misread the brief. First of all, 
I, I Ozzy Perez. Um, every good dinner party needs a magician. I Ozzy Perez is clearly a magician. He has put a spell over maybe the greatest manager we've ever had at the football club in the way that a snake oil salesman does exactly that. And he's convinced Brendan Rodgers that he's a better footballer than Mark Albrighton and a better footballer than a wide variety of other people that could be playing in his position. I don't know a single Leicester fan that thinks he's a good player. And I'd like to put it to him that he's a better magician than he is a footballer. So I hope he Perez is in. <laughs> Second one in his little big Wes. I speak a little bit of French and I thought, poor old Wes, he's out for the season. He needs a bit of looking after. So I'm going to cook some of that dreadful French food that the French think they're masters of world cuisine. But I lived there for a while and I can assure you they're not. And I'm, so I'm going to cook him some a bit of frog's legs, a bit of rabbit, and then to finish off, a bit of horse. So uh, big, big Wes gets, big little Wes gets in there, and then finally, quite simply, Harvey Barnes. And I'm just going to put one question to him: being a local Leicester boy, Harvey, what is it like? My dream, killer. Well, over to you. Oh, fabulous. Well, look, for a start, what I'd do is I would just make my evening an evening of culture. So it would be about fine wine, it would be about cheese, and I would invite all three players to bring a book of their choice and to and to read out sections of that of that classic novel to, to really sort of just get into the, the literary feeling of the evening. And therefore it was my brief really to pick three players who who could fit into that perfectly. So my first choice is somebody I know that's got an extensive French wine cellar, and that's Steve Walsh. <laughs> I know it's a man that uh, he knows his Chateau Neuf de Pape from his Burgundies, and uh, but but actually, in all seriousness, he's he's a guy that I've by total accident bumped into him one night in a pub, stood watching a boxing match with him. He they always say never meet your heroes. Not the case with Steve Walsh, an absolutely brilliant bloke. Just, just talking to me like I was like what I was his lifelong mate. I was firing stories at him and, and asking him to tell me stuff. And never once did he sort of get fed up or bat an eyelid or whatever. Brilliant, brilliant company. And let me assure you, this guy's got some stories to tell. Second choice of what would obviously be a raucous evening is Stanley Victor Collymore. <laughs> And let's and let's be honest. If there's a man with skeletons in the closet, it's Stanley Victor. This is this is a guy that hit the front page of the News of the World for being active in the dogging market. <laughs> I want to know exactly what that means. What, what what does it mean to be a European sex tourist? I want all of these stories, and of course, I wouldn't mind the lowdown on that. Fracar he had with a certain <laughs> Swedish weather girl in Paris and what exactly went on that evening. He's absolutely mad as a box of frogs. I think he'd be fabulous company. I mean, can and, kill it, kill it. I, I must just, I wanted to throw in an allegedly, but there's been so many insults. I just don't know where to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And let me assure you, listeners, if Stan Collymore wants to sue this show, then I, I, could, I can prepare a pretty good defence against him. 
So uh, <laughs> there we go. And the last one, and I, and I think all three of us, if, if I hadn't got in and picked him first, then all three of us would have picked him because he's the ultimate Leicester City hellraiser. And that, of course, is the late, great Frank Worthington, the man that, by all accounts, if he was injured and not available to play for the City, that the rest of the first-team squad were twitching around trying to find two people. One, Frank Worthington, to make sure he was at the, the game. And secondly, their wives, to make sure that they weren't home with the said Frank Worthington having a little bit of Elvis fun time. And I get the feeling that Frank, with a couple of glasses of red wine back in the day, would have been terrific fare. So that's my, that's my three tip. Wonderful stuff. And just really remains to have a look, a little look ahead then now. So a killer from, from the past to the present and Manchester City next up for our stuttering foxes. Yeah, and let's be honest, it's the ultimate test. We've got the international break first, let's not forget. But Manchester City, home or away, I think right up there with Liverpool, Chelsea as just the, the ultimate test in, in English football. Maybe maybe to some extent one of the biggest tests in European football. It's going to be keep ball. I know we've absolutely spanked them this time last year, but the problem that we've got is that Leicester City play in a way that I just think Manchester City like. So... We know it's going to be really, really super, super, super tricky game. What we're going to have to do is, I think if ever there was a game maybe to get Sumari in, maybe just to, just to soak up that pressure and go for go for that fast break and see whether or not we can we can pop them off. Because obviously Nor will be predicting a Leicester win. And if we are going to win, we're going to have to play, going to have to play at cagey. We're going to have to concede the line share of possession. But one thing we know for sure, it's going to be a testing time. The only thing I would say that I'm absolutely thrilled about is it looks like the Leicester the City, Manchester City fixture has escaped the attention of BT Sport and Sky, and we can enjoy a Saturday 3 pm kickoff, much to the delight, I'm sure, of all Foxes fans. Actually, Norm, Killer's made it. I, I had the same thought, Killer, about Samare, and, and you know, perhaps to get rid of this idea that Dakar and Samare are nothing more than trumped up subs. Norm, is, is, do you think he might start him in this game? And if he does, how would that work? Um, I'd be a bit of a baptism of fire for him, wouldn't it? Uh, but um, I, I think there's a, I think there's a, I think there's a chance. Um, I, I wonder whether a lot of it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of deflect the question slightly. I wonder whether a lot of the, the choice would depend on whether or not we have another centre back back, whether Vestergaard or Evans, who I think are meant to be starting tra training to come back after the uh, after the international break, because. If they don't, then actually having another player to perhaps sit alongside in DD might be a very sensible, very sensible thing to do with playing Man City. So, yeah, I think there's a decent chance of that. Let's have some predictions for this one then. Manchester City, the visitors to the King Power Stadium. Killer, uh, well, before before Killer, before yeah. I have, let you have your predictions, missed the show last week. Do you do do you the honour of telling you that from the Phoenix from the Flames 
Norm and I are on two points in our predictor table. You're leading with four. Never I've, led. You've yeah. never led. And, I, and, and I've only just stopped celebrating during the course of the weekend. It's been it's been <laughs> fabulous. I've fired off emails to, to Walsh and Collymore and said, do you want to come over? And uh, no response at the minute. But t- anyway, look, this is going to be t- tough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go realistic here. If my life depended on it, I'm going to say Leicester City nil, Manchester City 2. No. And if my life depended on it, I would go Leicester City <laughs> three, Manchester City two. <laughs> I've got to go with a Leicester one. You know me. Killer's absolutely right. I mean, uh, the, but who who needs realism? This, this is an award-winning <laughs> show sponsored by Trump Wells IPA. Absolutely. Leicester City three, Manchester City two. Thank you very much. I'm going to bring us back down to earth with Leicester City one. Manchester City three, I'm afraid. So um, I sincerely hope I'm wrong, but this is this is going to be a tough one. It might be just what we need, though. Um, maybe we get a couple of players back. If you didn't notice, I think Northern Ireland selected Evans. Goodness, goodness knows what on earth they're thinking of when he's uh, when he's clearly injured. Because I thought this break might be the thing to get him back for us. But if we get him back, could be a slightly different story. Just uh, a couple of things to remind you: the transfer market closes tomorrow. I wonder if we might just see a couple of outgoings. Uh, that, that might be interesting to keep tabs on. And also just to remind you with the international break, no show next week. So we will be back the week after next talking more nonsense to you about our wonderful foxes. See you then. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed the Leicester City Pubcast, please subscribe and tell everyone about it. If you hated the Leicester City Pubcast, please keep it to yourselves. See you next week.